Because I can control the weather, they call me Storm. Welcome to This Week in Nerd News, your one-stop shop for all of the pop culture you may have missed this week, brought to you by the Black Nerd Problems Broadcasting Network. I am your host, Mikkel Snyder. And I'm your host, Keith Weekly. There was plenty of stuff to go over this week, including our favorite segment, you know it, you hate it, it's Mad Libs of News Headlines. I don't think anyone hates it. You definitely hate reality afterwards. But it hates what it reveals about society. Y'all don't hate Mad Libs. Nah, we, we have a good time. It's a fun little game show segment. It, it's, it's really come to be a part of the, the This Week in Nerd News like, uh, lore. So Yes. I'm, I'm glad to host it when, I, when I'm on board. So are you ready for your five questions of this week's weird things that have happened in news? Because of course they did. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I'm going to do my best, but I will admit this week I was a bit unplugged from news. We'll see how it goes. Oh, this will be this will be so much fun then. All right, we got five. First, you're true and false, so 50-50 shot. First off, Disney has announced their plans to make their own residential neighborhoods that will allow fans to make Disney an even bigger part of their lives with the new Living Stories initiative. True or false? Oh, yeah, you know what? This sounds like something that they think will make money, whether it will or not. So I'm going to say true. Unfortunately, it's false, but not for the reasons you think. Oh, is it someone besides Disney? <laughs> no, no, it's called the Story Living. Oh, uh, oh come on, man. It's just called Story Living. <laughs> hey, 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 you just you have to pick apart every single piece of this. Right. I would have thought that you heard about Story Living because it just sounds dystopian, right? Disney opening neighborhoods. I mean, that makes her, it tracks, absolutely. Just like I said, I was more unplugged from news this week, which seems like it was for the better. So let's see how the rest of this goes. <laughs> All right, well, so so tricky tricky ones this week, but we'll, we'll, let's see if you can pay attention for this next true or false, because John Cena's keeping his ties with Warner Brothers strong as Deadline announced that he is set to play Wile E. Coyote in a new hybrid animation live-action motion picture. Okay, so this definitely could be true, so I don't really know because I haven't come across this either. Um, I do think I did hear something very briefly about John Cena doing some kind of animated role or showing up with something. I don't know if it's Wally Coyote or not, but I'm going to go with my, like, standardized testing practices here, which merely mean nothing here. But, like, these wouldn't both be false, would they? What's your final answer, Keith? Don't do that to me. <laughs> I'm going to go with true. Yes, I'm going with this one being true as well. Unfortunately, he's not playing Wiley Coyote. Oh, Mikel! I told you these were tricky. I gave you, I gave you the hint last time. No, uh, John Cena's but set to play Wiley Coyote's boss. We have a boss. Yeah. So the well, boss in a loose. So the movie is set around this premise of like Wiley Coyote suing the Acme Company for all of the defective products over the years, and John Cena's playing the CEO of Acme. Mm, that so makes like John sense. Cena's going to be the antagonist to Wiley Coyote's protagonist. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm I'm just gonna take a moment to let that. I got away. I got tricky. I, I I had a feeling that like the true and false have been too easy, so I, I got a little finicky. Oh yeah, you keep, you're, you're pulling a wordle. You're keeping us honest. You know, you know, we're not getting acquired by the New York Times anytime soon, but <laughs> you do what you can. Yes. All right, All so right. I'm over you two. Got three more. <laughs> Yeah, and maybe these ones will be better. Maybe these ones will be better. This one, I think, I think you will have a good shot for. Are you ready? Yeah. 
Alright, Team Wolf fans were rejoicing, but only for a moment, as while there was news of a new Team Wolf movie in development, featuring most of the main cast, this lead actress was only offered half the salary, and Paramount Plus was already seeking to recast before the end of the week. Ah, uh, okay. I have a lot of thoughts here. We don't have time to dive into them too deep. Um, no. So, like, I know who this is, but, like, this mm-hmm. is only one of, like, multiple things wrong with this property happening. So, like, again, I was someone yeah. who loved Teen Wolf back when, like, live tweeting was still a thing, for sure. Like, every during the summers between college, I was just talking with all my friends and stuff every week, right? Loved the show. Then it kind of fell off cliff and I lost track of it. Before I get into answering this question, I want to say I wasn't going to watch this anyway because the one person who I actually kept me invested in Teen Wolf is not coming back, and that's Dylan O'Brien, who plays Styles in the show. Because, look, Tyler Posey was not, no... Just, I'm just going to say that because I don't want any insults on record. And all it was this fine. Stuff. He, it was, fine. was he? <laughs> I mean, like, fine with, like, a lowercase f. Like, he, he was serviceable. Very fine, so lowercase f, very tiny period. Dylan O'Brien was, I think, the best person that I connected to on that show. Which I mean, yeah. He's not coming no. back. So I'm like, well, I'm definitely not watching. Then I find out that this happened with Arden Cho, who played Kira on the show. Yep. And I'm like, fam, what? And all the other thing about Teen Wolf, I've been thinking about this a lot this week. This is one piece of news that I haven't locked into. Isn't it interesting and conflicting when, like, an actor or an actress leaves a show on their own volition and doesn't get any more roles as a result? Like, that's what I know what's happened on the show with the actress who played Allison in the first season or two, who was her first love interest. Uh, but see, Crystal Reed's coming back, too to the Teen Wolf movie. Yeah, because she has to. Because she left the show she probably died. in two... Yeah, but like she... Oh, yeah, I didn't think about that part. Ooh. Well, they brought her back in the show after she died, too. It was a flashback. She had to happen to look like her great-great-great-aunt or something like that. Yeah, sure. And like, Crystal Reed's had roles. Like, I think she had a bit role in Gotham or something. Well, like yeah, that. but I mean, like, it wasn't enough to like, I'm gonna leave oh, this no, popular... Oh, no, it was Swamp Thing. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was Swamp Thing. Crystal Reed yes. had a whole stint with Swamp Thing on, a, that on a DC Universe. Not even HBO Max. Wow. Yeah, then that show, that. and that show was just an unfortunate casualty of like mergers and acquisitions and all that stuff too. But like, okay, just a general show. observation about the Teen Wolf universe. Yeah. I haven't looked to see if Tyler yeah. Hicklin's coming back because he's playing Superman stuff now. He might be too big and having too much money. If anything, it'll be a cameo. But yeah, this seems like it shouldn't happen because like nothing about oh, it. No, is, it's, mm. it. It feels bad. It feels bad. It feels bad for all the worst reasons. <laughs> okay, yeah, let's move on. You got on. that one right. <laughs> if the fans, you got that one yeah, right. The fans didn't know I was a big fan of Teen Wolf, so now I have my proof. All right, so moving on. This foundational rock band is taking a more comedic approach to the next project as they announced a new movie where they play fictionalized versions of themselves trying to record a new album in a haunted studio. Studio. 666. Is this Foo Fighters? Because I feel like we talked about something it, like this on the show once. Like, them doing something really weird with the next album. That that was exactly correct, yeah. Yeah! Yeah, no, they, they released the trailer for the Studio 66 uh, thing, and they look like they're having a good time, and I'm here for it. They made fun of Everlong, which I love Everlong, and it's even fun when they're making fun of Everlong. <laughs> Very nice. Okay, cool. So now I'm two, I'm two and two, so this is last yeah. one's going to be like, if I see it or not. Yeah, it's it's a tiebreaker, and like I, you have a fifty fifty shot, but it's not a true or false. So you ready for this? Oh, what are you, you're up some weird. Okay, you're up some. Yeah, yes, I'm ready. All right. 
The Hollywood Reporter has reported that George R. R. Morden is determined to never actually finish Game of Thrones, as he has a new series with this big two publisher. <laughs> Before I take my guess on which one of these two these this is, shout out to George R. R. Martin just living his own life for himself and mm-hmm. not being held captive to anybody's expectations of him. That's what you really want somebody. Truly. Like, do what you want, get rich off of it, and then keep doing what you want, you know? Yes, 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 yes. Again, with the big disclaimer of Long's not hurt anybody, which he obviously isn't by this, no matter how irritated fans may get. But as far as the big two publishers here, by big two, for those who don't know, that refers to Marvel or DC Comics. And based on his writing style and the styles most notably known with those two publishers, despite the fact that they're like, they've gotten more similar over the years, I'm going to go he's more of a Marvel guy. You are correct. Woo! The yeah, Alphink is just like less serious in tone and more like higher concept stuff and fantasy and all that seems more marvelish to me than DC even though there's elements of it in both I'm not sure we can distinguish by that way because there are plenty of high concept oh yeah DC like I say like at this point they're kind of damn near the same. I mean oops cursed um at this point they're kind of basically the same but like I was just kind of going with gut on that we're firing from the hip you know so I I've not heard of what he's adapting it's a wild chords I don't no idea what that is Never mind. Everything. Oh, it, it's one of Morden's first books, so it's something he wrote that's being adapted to a Marvel comic. Okay, so yeah, take back everything I just said. It's, I just got lucky on the 50-50 shot. <laughs> I mean, like, you, you still have the right thing. Like, I think it is, in fact, a tonal thing, right? Yeah. Like, like it does align in a way that makes sense. So Absolutely. That, that concludes our Mad Libs. Uh, okay. Three for two. Cool, three. I'll take that. Technically a win. Is that how that works? Three for five. Right. Three, three, three for, for five. five. It's not a passing grade, but it is a win. It would be a passing grade in any place that isn't the U.S. On that note, let's take a small break, and then we'll come back with some more, more fun things. And we're back. So for this last segment for today, we're actually going to take a moment to break down some of our favorite trailers that have come out mostly this week, but a couple last week that I get to, t- get to touch on beforehand. So I'm going to be going ahead and going first, talking about three trailers that stick out to me. And Mikkel will talk about three trailers that stick out to him. And given that I got a sneak peek at his list, this is all very on brand for him. And I assume mine is for me, but his especially so. But I'll go ahead and go first. And the first three trailers that really jumped out to me this past couple weeks was Nope, which is the third, I believe, a yeah, third film from Jordan Peele and honestly all you can really say about Nope is that there's really nothing to say about Nope like we know it comes out July 22nd and that it stars a cast that includes Kiki Palmer Daniel Kaluuya and Steven Yeun and that's about it because like when you look at the trailers two minutes of like really captivating and in like visually captivating elements like they're out in the old west and like they're referencing like the history of black cinema and then you start seeing weird stuff that could or could not be aliens or mutants or monsters or what we don't know yet like it's very Shyamalanian in that sense which is really cool like it's kind of like you never know what you're gonna get I presume we'll get like more details closer to like this spring because the film comes out no, in not. July no one I didn't say you how many not. more I just said more <laughs> no we're gonna get a second shot of Steven Yeun in a cowboy hat because that's all we got in this one we got Steven Yeun in the cowboy and Danny Kluge in a cowboy hat and someone who may have been Kiki Palmer getting grabbed into the sky which is why I'm thinking it might be aliens who knows okay so, so we have two cowboy hats and then the history of black cinema. Pretty much. That's about as much as I think we're going to get. Yeah, that'd be pretty much it. Like, honestly, to be fair with Jordan Peele movies, like, the habit I've gotten into with, like, letting other people go to see them first, because as is canon on this show, I don't like horror much anyway, but I'll make the occasional exception. 
But I let other people go out and see it first, then determine whether or not I want to see it myself. So of course I saw Get Out. I own it. I own Get Out actually, and I watch it a few times every now and then. I have not seen Us yet because like it just like the reviews were kind of mixed on it. I'm like I'm not gonna like put myself through the stress of watching a horror film for something that's not even that good. But I do plan like I'm like waiting to see what people say about this one because I think this is more of my alley. We'll see. I have questions who told you Us wasn't good, because Us was fantastic. Well, see, now I gotta go through the stress of watching Us. Thank you, Miguel. You're welcome. <sighs> Please report back in vivid detail. Um, if you want, I'll just watch with li- the lights on. Yes, and if you want, I'll even just let you know the thing, things I watch, like, as I watch it. Like, we've gotten to the habit too recently, with you watching the movie for Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, and me watching Fistful of Vengeance, I think it was called, which is the sequel to Wu Assassins, which I didn't even know was a sequel to Wu Assassins, and I lasted half an hour before I turned it off. Well, that's because they made no effort to advertise that it was the sequel to War Assassin. And they also, like, got rid of half the, half of the cast, and they definitely wrote off one of the characters who I like most from the series and had them, they kept flashing like, oh yeah, they died! And they had them, like, they showed their dead body with their head conveniently facing the other direction, and they kept saying, yeah, that's so-and-so! And I'm like, oh, they didn't want to come back, did they? So yeah, it's just not really worth the time. Like, I mean, I'm sure the fights of what I saw up to that point was still good, as what's the same with War Assassins. But... Like what was Assassins, but on a higher degree, the story didn't carry it, and I just couldn't get pushed through. But I digress. <laughs> We're not here to talk about who was Assassins or Fistful Avengers. And yet. And yet. <laughs> and yet. I had to just let people know what I thought about that. What are the other trailers that you have on top? Yeah, so the second one is actually Jurassic World Dominion. And that was like the last, um, well, I won't say last, we don't know how it's going to play out, but this is the latest installment in the Jurassic World trilogy. It was a sequel to the Jurassic Park trilogy. And this one is starring the same people that you saw in the original parts of the trilogy, including Chris Pratt. But the thing I like most about this one is that it also sees a full-on reunion of the people who were in the first couple of movies in that first trilogy, including Laura Dern, Dr. Ellie Sattler, Sam Neill, and Dr. Alan Grant, and Jeff Goldblum returning once again, because I believe he returned at the very end of Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom as Dr. Ian Malcolm. So it's really cool to see like these two separate groups come together. And for anyone out there who has not seen Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, but like still wants to watch the movie spoiled, I will count down, skip ahead 15 seconds, you'll be good to go. Three, two, one. So Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom ended with like the dinosaurs being like genetically multiplied like they always have been. It actually It's not really a spoiler. That's kind of just like the premise of the third movie. See, now you messed up my 15 second count. Now that you're going to go deeper into the spoiler and stuff. <laughs> but anyway, if you have a... Oh, you're, you're going to the actual spoiler. The, the stupid thing that happened at the end of the movie. Yeah, I was going to talk about how the fact that like dinosaurs are now among us. Like literally like in just human society civilization and all that stuff they're no longer confined to a small location where they can have all the chaos they want to in the movie standpoint now they're among everybody right but like you can watch the trailer that's not the sorry sorry are you are you gonna talk about the the actual spoiler of the movie Uh, no i'm not fine okay because, so, yeah. like, what you just described is just the premise of the third movie. Like, that's in the trailer. You're right, it is. I was just trying to be courteous to people who hadn't seen the movie or curious about what it is. There are people like that out there, you know? Sure, sure. But, like, that's one of those, like, late arrival spoiler things. Well, like, the cat is already out of... Well, the dinosaur is already out of the bag. Oh, uh, And, like, when, when you said spoiler, like, I thought you were going to talk about the thing. Well, the subtext just became text, poorly written. Well, just to make sure on the same page, which spoiler are you referring to? I'm talking about the girl being a clone. Oh, yeah. And that being the reason she frees the dinosaurs. That's the actual spoiler of the movie. Well, yeah, I mean, that's that. 
Okay, cool. Anyway, <laughs> Jurassic World Dominion is taking place after the case of Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, where the dinosaurs are just in society and among us stuff. You might like be on the way to school and all of a sudden Velociraptor surrounds you or like going to a drive-in movie theater and Tyrannos and a T-Rex pops up and all that kind of stuff, right? And it seems like it's going to be a lot of fun. Like one of my favorite things was I believe it was the Jurassic, I believe it was Lost World where like the T-Rex they were trying to transfer to the States just got loose and was just riding around the neighborhood. It's that but times a thousand. And that was one of my favorite parts of that franchise. So I'm looking forward to it for sure. But I will say this movie should not, none of them should, but this movie especially should not exist because there's a reason why humanity and dinosaurs did not coexist right because like there's really that it, it, it shouldn't work like we would all be eaten like it wouldn't work well, so like the, the reason's a giant media hypothetical I mean yes that's, that'd be actual reason but like even if it weren't for that I feel like that would not we wouldn't be here right now like, as much technology as we have, like, it wouldn't work. But this movie's evidence of that, because everyone's gonna get eaten. But I'm sure they'll say it say they at the end of the day somehow, but, like, there's really no hope of, like, you know what? I see parallels here. The same way that people try to make the world go back to 2019, the same way in Jurassic World, people are probably gonna try and force the world back to how it was before dinosaurs, but, like, you can't put the genie back in the bottle, this is life now. That's what I think is happening right now, and that's probably why they had to push this movie release back besides the box office issue. I mean, th- this is what I'll say. I'm here for the original cast surprises and their iconic roles. I don't really care much for any of the newer characters introduced. Oh, no, I, I really, I really enjoy Jurassic World as like a fun romp through dinosaur land, and then Fallen Kingdom lost me, and Dominion. I'm, I'm just, I'm just here for Sam Neill, Laura Dern, and Jeff Gold. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. Like they're the draw for this movie. Like, especially given that like Chris Pratt is the lead of this, and he is who he is. They needed to bring in the big guns. They could have just left Chris Pratt out, and it would have been fine, honestly. But that, that's neither here nor there. What's your last trailer? <laughs> All right, yeah. That's just, and the last one is the latest installment from the MCU, as in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Before the Super Bowl, actually, which I don't know if you watched or not, they debuted the like long a new trailer for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. And I actually didn't watch that then because I was like commuting to where I was going to watch the Super Bowl at a friend's house. But like I saw it definitely as soon as it came out on YouTube and everything. This trailer is really interesting for a number of reasons. Like the first thought that I had was that while we've definitely dabbled in this before, as like a lot of the TV shows have in recent memory and stuff, I feel like this movie is going to be to like the multiverse what Guardians of the Galaxy was to space. Like what now like if this works and we get there, it opens up a whole new world in Pantheon that we can explore with these Marvel Cinematic Universe stories and stuff, right? And like there's a lot of things to take away from this trailer, but I think we should start, like, first and foremost, the one that's getting all the news headlines is that Patrick Stewart shows up in the trailer, y'all. And, like... His voice shows up in the trailer. His voice in a bald head, the, like, left side of a bald head that looks a lot like his shows up in the trailer. Is that the most precise, accurate statement that you can take? And I will say, like, he's an undisclosed role. He may or may not be reprising his role as Professor Xavier, but if he is, that is, like world that changes everything and it's world opening and all that stuff and the multiverse would be the way that you could introduce the X-Men to the Marvel Cinematic Universe and all that cool stuff and also like if that is indeed him playing Charles Xavier there's also a very good chance that that also means they're introducing a group in comics that a lot of Marvel Comics fans out there will know called the Illuminati or whatever the Marvel Cinematic Universe like version of that would be because you know they take their liberties as they see fit and everything and that would be huge folks like that would be so wild to see and like it makes sense but like we're hoping that we're right but like they wouldn't show that and not expect us to think that so it could be a red herring you never know but, but like before I go on you just get flashbacks to discussing WandaVision or was that just me I did 
<laughs> I think the cool. word red herring is what did it. Just making sure. Just making sure. <laughs> but speaking of, actually, like, there was a whole lot of Wanda Maximoff in this movie, too. So we did see her where she left off at the end of WandaVision and her doing all the weird multiverse stuff and Doctor Strange. One thing that caught me off guard, which I didn't expect, is, like, I was pretty certain that at the end of the first Doctor Strange, Chiwetel Ejiofor's character, Carl Morta, was going to be straight-up villain. But, like, based on the tone that we've seen of him in this very brief couple seconds in the trailer, like... It seems like he's more of like a anti-hero, maybe. Um, also, his hair looks like eh, but that's beside the point. They gave, they put a wig on that man. That's, that's questionable. But outside of that, like I don't know what role he's feeling anymore at this point. Because I just kind of anticipated like yeah, he's going to come back and be like a villain some point down the road. But he does not look that way. As a matter of fact, it does look like we get to see like the alternate universe version of Doctor Strange has kept on absorbing all the evil things in his episode of What If, like in live action. So who knows. So one thing to keep... Well, two things. One, I'm really excited for Sam Raimi to direct. It looks really good. Just, like, visually, like, exciting. I'm still not the biggest Doctor Strange fan. But I think something that that I think is worth mentioning right now is that the MCU Phase 4 got all of its production shifted around due to a wide variety of factors, and that this movie was actually supposed to precede Spider-Man, uh, that one with the... Which home title is it? The most recent one was Spider-Man No Way Home. No Way Home, right. Like, No Way Home was supposed to come after Multiverse of Madness, but then, like, shuffling happened. So, like, who knows what changes were necessitated to keep the film production and film continuity in line and in parallel. So, it, it, it it's it's anyone's guess. It looks good. I'm still not the biggest fan of Doctor Strange, um... It's going to be fun. I will watch it. I will have a good time. I'll be here for everyone else. Um, yeah, I get that. Like, I don't think that's the case for a lot of people. Like, as a matter of fact, when watching, like, a recent MCU movie with somebody, like, I asked them what they thought, and they were like, yeah, I liked it. I just didn't like the fact that Dr. Strange got to save the day. I'm like, fair point, because we're not that invested in him yet. And, like, his... Actually, we could do a whole dissertation about Dr. Strange's character if we wanted to, but, like, his thing is that he's supposed to be someone who was incredibly arrogant and like is like really humbled and becomes a better person as a result of that and some people would argue that that wasn't quite carried over as much in the films and that Doctor Strange is just somebody who was like very talented and privileged had a hard time understandably so and then came back and now he's still like super powerful and privileged but that's just one reading of that character right so a lot of people haven't connected with him but hopefully this film something that can help remedy that to a certain extent and we'll get to see Doctor Strange in the multiverse of madness on May 6th now that I've talked about my films I would love to just sit back and watch you talk about your very on Brown McHale films and thrillers. These aren't films. These are just trailers that I am excited for. I wasn't aware that film was a requirement going into this. You knew what you did. Yeah, I know exactly what I did. I picked <laughs> the trailers that got me the most excited to talk about. Mm-hmm. And like the first thing that we're going to talk about is a Letterkenny spinoff. What is Letterkenny, you're asking? Because yes, I know you are. We all are. Not, not one of our editors. Um, Letterkenny is a Canadian sitcom that started airing on Hulu a couple years back, and I've absolutely fallen in love with what is a very, very weird sitcom about a small Canadian backwards-type town, right? Where you got the Hicks, who are farmers, you got the you got druggies, and then you got the hockey players, and it's just these three different communities all in sort of like 10 U.S. balance, and then just them being Canadians, I guess, is really the best way to do it. Um, there are 10 seasons of it, and they're all what? fantastic. That's, 
It has some of the best writing I have ever heard, and it has one of the best cold opens for its season two opener. It is it is a fantastic piece of of like literature and poetry. Honestly, I'm being completely serious. It sounds like I'm lying. I swear to God, it's one of the best pieces of writing I've heard. Okay, so timeouts. You describe the same show as being about farmers, druggies, and just like hockey players, and then refer to it as poetry and literature. Okay. It ha- I, I'll send you the link. You, you, you will believe me. All right. I mean, I, de- I definitely trust you in your opinion on these things. I'm just like trying to wrap my head around that. Um, yeah. we'll, we'll get there. But the, so here's the thing, right? Like that's Letterkenny. This is the spinoff to Letterkenny called Schulze, which is about one of the hockey players who we never actually see the face of. What? Because he's actually, okay. There's so much context here. Jared Kiso is the creator of Letterkenny, and he plays the main character, Wayne, on Letterkenny, but he also plays uh, Shorzy, who is a hockey player. But because like, they are different characters, in order to do that, he's always facing away from the camera. Um, so, like, whenever he's on screen, like, he just is, you never see his face, and he talks in, like, an octave higher. And this is the, the spinoff about his hockey career. This show was made for people who do drugs, right? No, it's fantastic. It's really, it's really good. You should watch it. Okay. Seasons on Hulu. And I say that because this literally sounds like something Kevin Smith would make. That's no, no. Kevin Smith's too American to make this Canadian show. Oh, he loves Canada, man. You don't even know. No, but like this is this is really getting to like the spirit of what what Canada is. You know, like this is ah. Uh, so you need like an inside Canada. perspective. You can't be like an outside appreciator yeah. of Canada to make because you need to be like exactly, Canada born exactly. Bread. Like there's an authenticity about how Canadian that this series is, and you, you I'll, I'll send you some links. We'll, okay. we'll, we'll talk if you can get past the first three episodes. It gets really good, really fast. You know, last someone told me about that. They said about the Office, and I still have not gotten past those first three episodes. So we'll see. I think this is better than The Office, but that's I think another. <laughs> We're moving on. We're moving, moving on. on. Oh. Uh, the other thing that caught my eye was the Chippendale Rescue Rangers Chippendale. Oh goodness gracious! We we've known about this project for a while, right? Because uh, they announced that like Andy Samberg and John Mulaney were going to team up and do this. We didn't know it was going to be, like, this real Hollywood documentary of them, like, Yo. 30 years after the fact, after all of the money ran out, and uh, one of them went through the CGI procedure and became CGI while the other one is still, like, traditionally animated. Yeah. Um, it was a weird trailer, but it was also, like, good, and, like, the jokes landed, and the fact that they made a Roger Rabbit reference in 2022, like, yeah. Yeah. That's exactly the type of energy we need. Um, it's weird. I'm here for it, generally. I get that. I took, I took, took a look at that trailer, too. That was, like, out of the three that you, like, have you're going to talk about, the one I was actually excited about and not confused about at all. I also did not expect the real Hollywood angle to happen there at all. But once I realized what they were doing, I'm like, oh, this is going to be good. Also, is this going to be for kids? Because it's going to be streaming on Disney+. Plus. But, like, not everything there is for kids, obviously. But I'm like, oh, this is not the direction I expected this film to go. But it's also made me think that this is... Every other animation studio is pretty much getting their chance to go, like, real-world CGI live action. Why not Disney give it a shot with some of these, like... The whole like legacy characters like Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers, you know that was, I enjoyed that show. As you heard earlier, I enjoyed the theme song a lot. I'm just very curious to like see how it plays out because again, I think it's gonna be really. Good. I think Seth Rogen had a bit in the trailer too that was really he funny. He did. He was a dwarf. Yes, he was a dwarf that was based on like bad animation. Like they they made a joke about the Uncanny Valley in the trailer, and it was hilarious. Yeah. So lot, lots of 
lots of fun stuff there. I have no idea how the movie is going to be, but I generally like the the cast involved and the direction seems interesting. Yes. So. But all right, we seem to be already going a little late on time, so I will hurry up in our not patented lightning round and actually go as fast as lightning if I can. Just catch you all up on some other things that happen in nerd news spaces we, we couldn't devote an entire segment to, but we feel that you should know if you can go out there and talk to your friends and family about this stuff, man. Sounds like you know what you're talking about. So to start us off, John Williams turned into Star Wars universe by writing the theme for the forthcoming Obi-Wan Kenobi series that's going to be airing soon on Disney+. Plus. Next up, the third season isn't out yet, but Atlanta's fourth season has been announced that it will be its final one and premiere sometime this fall because they filmed these back-to-back. So they're pretty much like done with it at this point. It's going to be coming out as it does. Buckle in and get ready to dive back into that show. Next up, Peacemaker has been renewed for a second season, even though the first one just ended. So has Reacher, which I wanted to make sure I plugged myself because I really enjoyed that show on Amazon Prime. And also, How I Met Your Father got renewed for a second season. And I had their thoughts there, but we don't have enough time to dive into that. <laughs> Mikkel, you know, oh, no, I'm moving on. And lastly, just catch you all up on some Streaming Wars news. What was known at the company that was once known as Viacom CBS when the two entities came together as one has announced that it has a new name that's far less clunky. It's Paramount. <coughs> Excuse me, sorry. I'll do that again. And lastly, Viacom CBS, which is the name for the two companies that have come together, has announced that its new name will be far less clunky and it will be called Paramount going forward. Now, if you'd like to hear our thoughts on these topics or anything else in nerd news, feel free to tweet us at BlackNerdProblems with the hashtag TWINN. That was This Week in Nerd News. Tune in next week for more pop culture news. I'm your host, Keith Wee Cleveland. And I am your host, Michael Snyder. Be sure to like, comment, subscribe, everywhere listen to podcasts, and have a good week, folks.